This is the legacy edition of Time Out with Akan Kana. Welcome to another episode of Time Out with Pastor Akan. My name is Akan Kana and I'm glad to bring to you another episode of our podcast. It is my firm trust and belief that um, as we go through the scriptures that you will be edified and you will be blessed. And beyond that, that your hope will be on nothing else but Jesus Christ, who is our rock and our righteousness. Now, we're going to do the concluding path of our sermon series, Experience and Scripture. We started um, a while ago where we looked at the text in the book of Second Peter and chapter 1 from verse 12 to 21. I'd like to quickly read it so that we will have a firm grasp at what we are going to be discussing about. I read from the NIV version, Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 12 to 21. So I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. We did not, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty, for He received honor and glory from God the Father, when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of a prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about but the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Now, Peter said that Jesus showed him that he was about to die. And so he said, I'm going to tell you people some things that are very important. And he began to explain to them what happened on the mountain transfiguration and how that the gospel that they teach was not a gospel that was hearsay, that they saw God, that's Jesus Christ, being transfigured. They heard the voice of the majestic glory in reference to the Father, and everything they experienced made the words of the prophet, that is the Old Testament, because that is what they had, more sure. Remember that when Jesus resurrected, the Bible says that Jesus showed them how from the law and the prophets everything in the scripture was referring to him. Jesus when he was as it were walking on earth before his death in John chapter 5 verse 39 you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life 
than these are they which testify of me. All Jesus was trying to explain was that in the Old Testament referred to Jesus. The things we read in the Old Testament was showing and pointing to the coming of the Messiah, of the Son of God. And so when Peter said we had this experience, it made the Old Testament come alive. It made the scripture more certain. And he said something very, very important. I've said it before and I would like to say it again in verse 19. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it. Praise the Lord. And that is funny enough, one of the biggest problems we have in our day. Today, as Christians, we celebrate experiences. We literally thrive and build our understanding of God and the Bible through experience. And that is very wrong. You do not build your understanding of God. You do not build your understanding of scripture through a supernatural experience that you have. The Bible itself is the revelation of God. Now, a lot of Christians have a problem. They are trying to look for revelation. When they are reading the Bible, they are seeking revelation from the scripture. Whereas the scripture itself is the revelation of God made plain in writings. And so when we go to scripture to seek revelation, we are missing something because God has revealed himself through the words. And so we find that most people, they literally build their lives, their understanding of God based on experience. Please, my brothers and my sisters, it is the most dangerous thing to do. You cannot understand God because you think you had a supernatural experience. Much today in Africa, most people make assertions about God. And all of this is because they had an experience. We have to understand that experiences do not teach us who God is. The scripture does. And so when God gives some people, like he gave the apostles, Peter, James and John, the supernatural experience, it made the scriptures more certain and it pointed them to the scripture. Peter recounted a divine experience and admonished the Christians to look to scripture and not the experience. I think we need to take a cue from Peter. It is an instruction. This man, whom Jesus specifically said to feed my flock, feed my sheep, when he was about to die, told the church to take heed to the scriptures. Now, I'd like to say very clearly, as we can see from scripture, that if at all a Christian must have a supernatural revelation of some sort, it definitely is clear that they do not seek it. Look through the Bible. No one, particularly in the New Testament, sets out to wait on God to bring a vision or a revelation as it were to him. Why is that so? Because we have the word of God. I want to take this opportunity to correct a wrong notion I hear often by Christians. I have heard several Christians say things like, this is the way God deals with me. 
This is the way God works with me. I, I do not see any place in the Bible that suggests that God has a particular formula in dealing with people. The Bible is clear that all scriptures, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, are given by inspiration of God and they are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for rebuke for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And so when people start to use experiences to explain the modus operandi of God in their life, maybe in dreams, maybe in visions and revelation, they are off the mark. There is no scripture that suggests or teach that God will lead his people as it were, through visions or revelations. If he does that, it is simply its prerogative. It can never be the norm. The Bible is the pattern God uses to teach his people. The Bible rightly taught, rightly divided. earlier on that those experiences must validate scripture must make you trust the bible and beyond that there is one certain way to know that this experience that you are having or as it were that you had could be of god scripture says in revelations chapter 19 and verse 10 i'd like to read from verse 9 we know that this is when the angel spoke with John and showed him things that are to come. From verse 9 he said, Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who were invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Look at verse 10. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. So we worship God, exclamation mark in the NIV, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy, the spirit of this supernatural experience you have is all to testify of Christ. Every experience you have it has to testify of Jesus. The main thrust of the visions and revelations that the angel gave to John as written in the book of Revelation was to testify of Christ. Did you notice that the word spirit, when the Bible says for the testimony of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. And the word spirit is written in small s. Mainly what that tried to denote is that the vital breath, the core, the essence of the prophecy, the core, the essence of spiritual manifestations, as it were, is to testify about Christ. I like to say that spiritual manifestations, spiritual experiences, they are not about you. If God would give them at all, definitely it is not going to be about you. It is going to testify of Christ. It's going to give glory and exaltation to Christ and not to the so-called prophet that seems to have it. It's very important to know that if such an experience does not elevate or lift Christ or testify of his death, of his bodily resurrection, 
and of this coming again that such experience cannot be of God. Today, more than ever before, the church would have to learn to question the prophetic word. We are not used to it. Quite frankly, a lot of us think it is evil to do that. A lot of us would prefer not to question spiritual experiences. Several have heard people say things like, I was not there. God did not call me with him. So why would I judge what a man will say that God told him? It's one of the most foolish things to say, particularly when the Bible does not support such a thought. It sounds humble. That's when someone says, oh, I was not there when God called him. Who am I to judge what he says? It's something I hear a lot of Charismatics and Pentecostals say. In a bid not to, as it will offend God in case they are wrong. But that is not the Bible way. We need more than ever before in this day, in this age, to follow the biblical pattern of questioning the prophetic word or questioning spiritual or supernatural experiences. It is not humility when a Christian shies away from questioning what someone says God told him or for questioning when somebody says what he experienced or what God showed him. Scripture has given every Christian the responsibility and the right to question the prophetic word, to question spiritual experiences, to question what people claim to have received from God. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5, I read from verse 19 to 22. Now verse 19, do not put out the Spirit's fire, do not treat prophecies with contempt everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. The only valid way to judge or accredit any form of supernatural experience is definitely not through your gut feeling. You do know every now and then I've seen people say I, I, I sense it is God. You cannot sense it is God. You are not permitted to sense it is God. Hello. <laughs> I say I perceive it is God. You are not permitted to perceive it is God. No scripture permits a Christian to use his gut feeling or his inner feeling to consider a prophecy or a supernatural revelation as being from God. The only way to judge any supernatural experience is through the rightly divided word of truth. You know the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, talking about the scripture, that the scripture is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edges sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the joints and the marrow and the spirit and soul. Said, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He said nothing is hidden from him. Praise the Lord. But only the scripture can a Christian judge or validate any supernatural experience as being from God or from the devil. Most times those experiences can come from our human flesh. In fact, Paul warns in the book of Colossians that some of the experiences we have are sensual. We generate experiences, our souls can generate false experiences. Now the devil does give a lot of false experiences. The thing about church is that someone says I perceive it is God. You are not allowed to perceive it is God. 
and because of that several people will take hook line and sinker experiences they have because they say they sense the presence of God can I say something there is no scripture that authenticates what the presence of God looks like and so the fact that you say you sense the presence of God during an experience does not validate that experience does not make it as it were from God besides nothing shows us clearly what the presence of God feels like you know the Bible says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light I will use this analogy in teaching my students does Satan appear as angel of light and smell of sulfur and brimstone consider that if you saw an angel of light Will you be smelling sulfur and brimstone? No! Definitely the aura will tend to feel like a divine presence. Well, so why would it deceive many? We need to understand that our gut feeling has no place in judging or in questioning the prophetic word or supernatural experience or the feeling of the presence of God, what we claim to be the presence of God, does not validate any experience. Even when Peter, James and John were in the second mountain and they heard the voice of God, they saw Jesus being transformed, said everything we saw made the scriptures more true. Only the scripture can validate that experience on the mountain. Only the inspired word by the prophets of old who wrote or spake as a moved by the Holy Ghost could validate the experience Peter, James and John had on the mountain transfiguration and he said please take heed to the scriptures. May God help us to take heed to the scripture more and more in Jesus name. Okay so the Bible says that we are warned to abstain from evil manifestation. So do not put out the spirit's fire. Do not treat supernatural experiences or prophecies with contempt. In other words, don't just throw it away and laugh it off. But consider it testing. Hold on to the good and avoid everything that is evil. There are so many manifestations that are evil because they do not stand in consent with the world. They do not validate God. They do not lift Jesus. And so such experiences do not meet the standard of God and cannot be said to be Christian. Bible says, avoid such things. In conclusion, what should be the Christian posture about experiences and scripture? From the text we have read, it is clear what should be our posture. Supernatural experience is not a right of every Christian. There's no scripture that suggests that I need to have a supernatural experience. There is ample scripture that suggests I need to spend time with God's word. I need to understand God's word. I need to be filled with God's word. I need to honor God's word. And I used to use the word of God. I need to pay attention to the word of God. And so when there's no scripture that promises supernatural experiences, then it is not your right. The way some of us preach on pulpit, we say if you have an encounter with God, your life will change. Please read the Bible. The only valid encounter a man is supposed to have with God is the encounter he has with the cross. When he comes through the preaching of the cross, he is convicted of sin, of righteousness and of judgment, and he what he repents of his sin 
knowing that Christ died for that sin and was raised for his justification and he receives forgiveness of sin is the valid singular encounter the Bible teaches every man to have. Beyond that, there is no other encounter you can have with God as it were. Now, if God gives you spiritual manifestation experience, that could not be seen as a right. It may be a privilege that God would choose to give, and such privileges are very few. Privileges cannot be rampant, or else it cannot be a privilege. Have you noticed in scripture, when you talk about those that God goes out of his way to meet on a spectacular basis, in every generation, there are very few. Somebody reads the Bible and takes the story of David and said everybody's a David. There was only one David in his generation. Jeremiah was only one Jeremiah in his generation. If every Jew was a Jeremiah, that means that, you know, that's a problem. It's, we look at the Bible, we look at how God dealt spectacularly with somebody. It is not normative. It is not supposed to be the norm or a pattern that God deals with everybody. It's, it's not the Bible. It's not supposed to teach you. This is the way God should deal with you. God meeting Abraham. There was only one Abraham in the generation. Only one Job in the generation. And please, so let it out of our system where we assume that we need to have spectacular or supernatural experiences because some people in the Bible seem to have them. So, my brothers, my sisters, quit seeking supernatural revelations. You don't have to see before you believe. You don't need experiences to walk with God. You don't need supernatural visions or experiences to be a mature Christian, to be a Christian that is heaven-bound. You don't need supernatural experiences. You don't need what men call encounters with God. To be approved of God, to make it to heaven, to receive the divine commendation. I like to say, beyond all else, that we sh should stay in the inspired word of God, the scriptures. I cannot overemphasize it. Even Peter in his dying day said, take heed to the scriptures. Take heed to the rightly divided word of truth. Brothers and sisters, do you have any question? Feel free to send me a mail, info at nikaolife.org. We'll be glad to answer you. Maybe next time we may have to address it in the course of our podcast. I'd like to say that this series, they're all online. It can be found in iTunes. You can get them on the website at nikaolife.org. Feel free to download this podcast and make sure you go back to the first two titles in this series. And just listen to all of them in sequence to get the full picture. God bless you. Join us next week for another insightful episode of Time Out with Pastor Aken. It is our sincere hope that you have been blessed by this week's message. For more Christian articles, log on to www.nikaolife.org. God bless you.